This is the Nomad Futurist Podcast, a podcast about the evolution of technology, society, and transformation. Connect with us, share your thoughts with us at nomadfuturist.com. Let's get this started. Here are Phil and Nabil. Hello, hello, hello. This is Nabil Mahmood, your host of Nomad Futurist from Kona, Hawaii. This is Philip Kobutz, your co-host from Brooklyn, New York. Well, Phil, this is our 24th episode, and this time it's just you and I. What we're going to do today is recap what we've been up to for the last 23 episodes, where we are with things and uh, what's coming ahead. Sounds like a plan. It is it's really bizarre that it's just you and I. Um, yeah, it feels weird, just, doesn't it? it? It does. I don't know why. We should be, uh, I would think that we'd be less nervous with yeah. just you and I here, but it, nerves never really played into it that much, but somehow it's, uh, it's, it's weird that we have to fill the space. Well, we had our first one. Uh, that, that's how it all started, uh, the beginning of Nomad Futurist. So let's, let's see, in the last 23 episodes, we had a lot of interesting people, from Dave Temkin to Amy Mark, Mark Keeley to Dale Pickering. Uh, a variety of folks with a variety of different backgrounds, their upbringing. You know, one of the things that kind of stands out for me is uh, the education as well. Not everybody went to college. People, some of them were high school and college dropouts, but they ended up being very successful. And that is just very amazing. Uh, as it stands, what are your thoughts on, on what we have done thus far? You know, I think the uh, it is it is it is true. We've uh, we we have a, a large cross section uh, of folks. Um, although I think in our world, and you know the, the the world of digital transformation and in the world of the internet, it's not unbelievably unique to hear about these stories of people that that get into our space without going to college. You know, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates. Uh, I, I don't think uh, you know finished college initially either. And it's that part is not that surprising. But you know, the one common thread I think throughout all of of the episodes is that you know the folks tend to gravitate towards just following their own passions you know uh, 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 focusing on confidence critical thinking you know not necessarily the standard elements of um, an education it's really more about how you think than what you know um, and in large part, it's because I, I think we have an industry here that's so so young um, that there just traditionally hasn't been uh, that much formalized education that 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 goes into it. It just doesn't play into it. Obviously, you have the computer science and and programming and all that, but we made reference in a lot of the early episodes to you know Fortran and Scheme and all of these like you know traditional old school programming languages that bear very little resemblance to what people utilize today other than, um, you know, what the uh, the New Jersey uh, unemployment division that still uses, I think, COBOL, as, as we made reference to in a couple of the episodes. Um, but if you, if I had to go back to one episode that I'm, I, I, I was particularly proud of, I think it's Dr. Albright. And it's just, there's something about, you know, this, this, this unique intersection of, you know, sociology and technology where just understanding the way people think and the way people behave and and seeing how that's changed throughout the last 10 or 15 years where where this industry has really you know come into its own um i, I think is an incredibly unique perspective and uh and yeah i mean it's just uh, we've had we've had a lot of interesting characters 
Yeah, in the last six or nine months, I've actually been totally redefining for everyone as it entails the technology and uh, where we're headed. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff that's coming up and people that are not even from the industry are jumping into our space. Uh, I've gotten a lot of great feedback from our audience, uh, especially as it entails to our goal uh, and where we started to, to educate the general populace about technology and the fact that even though it's complicated, it's still full of opportunities. Like I when I moved to the United States, one of the things that I always used to say is that America is actually the golden sparrow, as the British used to say when they actually started conquering the colonies, the, the golden sparrow, it's a land of opportunities. So folks, where we set up months and months ago, as far as our journey is concerned, we are on, on the right path to ensure that we bring you good content, we bring you uh, leadership uh, as it entails to the future of computing and security, and then just a general understanding of what Nomad Futurist is. Look, I think the um, there, there's no question about it, right? The, the the people that we have on and and their stories are are inspiring, and and the whole goal when we initially started was pro- trying to provide a platform where those people are not really talking about their their careers specifically or the companies that they represent, but really what their experiences are. Um, and one thing that um, I think our listeners would benefit from is understanding the experience of one of our co-hosts. His name is Nabil Mahmoud. We don't really talk about ourselves that much, but I think in the first podcast um, that that we released where I was, you know, my over-caffeinated self, you know, I got to go on and on about, you know, who I am and and the world we live in today. But uh, I think this would be a perfect opportunity to understand who who Nabil Mahmoud is um, and, and how inspirational your story is. You know, let's get to it, man. Who are you? And uh, tell us where, I'm going to try to use a Nabilism. Uh, tell us where you are in your career today. Oh my gosh. So Bill, you're putting me on the spot. And then not to mention, you actually made a hashtag out of it too. Yeah. Nabilism. Yeah. And Nabilism. Hashtag Nabilism. Yeah. So where am I today? I'm actually in Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. You know what? You know what? The rest of the story doesn't even matter. You know, exactly. that, you're in, you're in Hawaii. We should all asp- aspire to be Nabil one day and, and get to live in Kona. Yeah. So I've made a lot of changes in my life. Where I'm at in my career today is uh, I serve on a few boards, companies that are involved in data center, mission critical infrastructure, robotics, artificial intelligence, uh, and banking. Uh, not, not to forget that. Uh, around the world. So companies, uh, I'm engaged in uh, companies in Asia, in Europe, and in America. Well, it's it's been quite a journey, basically, getting to where I'm at today. And it's been through a lot of trials and tribulations and errors, uh, major blunders along the way as well. But at the end of the day, I kept an open mind. You know, a lot changed. I, I kind of got stuck in the corporate America, and I wanted that corner office of the kid growing up. Uh, I mean, I had aspirations of being on the cover of Forbes magazine or being in publications and doing something different, but always got stuck in corporate America. And then uh, the goals changed and wanted that corner office, uh, which I did get. Served in the corner office for about six years or so as a CIO. And then, you know, something dramatic happened whereby I flatlined and I was out for four minutes and 19 seconds with two heart attacks. And that's when I threw in the towel and said, it's time for a change. It's time to, to live my life and uh, decided to relocate. Pretty much started a new career at that point in time. How long ago was that? So it's going on four years, uh, a little four years now. My God. Um, so uh, let I, I don't know. You know, I, we, we've talked about this some um, and it certainly hasn't made it onto the podcast. But let if we can for a second, let's 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 look at that day. 
right? You go, um, you go to the office regular day at work. Uh, you're you you have this fairly high pressure job as 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 a CIO of a, of a large corporation, and it's a regular. I mean, you're a young man. You're you're a young man in, in fairly good shape. We didn't get into your old background where uh, you know you're 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 an athlete and and all that stuff, which uh, which maybe we can touch on in a bit. But uh, tell us about that day. What 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 happens? Yeah, so it was Memorial Day uh, four years ago, 2016, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Memorial Day 2016. We were supposed to go live on this HCM software application, uh, which basically serves and integrates with, uh, it's a human capital management software application that integrates with payroll services, the efficiencies and metrics for the utilization of human force and manufacturing. Well, everything was great. I was sitting in, in my war room, which is the conference room. I used to call it the war room. I've got all my associates in there, and uh, I'm awfully being quiet. I mean, I know I actually had a couple of drinks the night before, but that shouldn't be the, the root cause of it. Uh, anyhow, one of my associates mentioned that I was not myself. I was, I was sitting quietly and just watching things progress. And she suggested for me to go home. I'm like, no, I can't really leave you guys alone. I've got to be here for, for, for the completion. and got to see through this. Anyhow, long with short is everything was looking fine. So I decided to, to go home, not knowing the criticality of what was happening. I was just awfully quiet, felt a little bit tired, and drove myself to the hospital. Uh, granted, I've never been to this hospital. Didn't know that even this hospital actually existed. What are the chances I found front spot in the emergency, and that was the only spot available. Uh, I walk in, dressed to the tees, and uh, one of the associates at the hospital who checked me in asked uh, who was I there to see. I mean, there are no physical appearance that I'm sick or suffering through anything. Uh, anyhow, long and short is like, well, I'm here. I think there's something wrong. I don't know what it is. I've been told that there is something wrong. And I'd like to check myself in to, to figure out what's going on. To which the associate said, have a seat. Took my blood pressure. It was 190 over 170. And I still know the level of complexity of what it meant. I took the blood pressure about three times. Still remained the same. Then they put me into a quiet room turned on some jazz music, started putting some patches on my body to lower down the blood pressure. Well, nothing is working. And then they started the process of uh, doing blood tests. Uh, while they're doing that, 45 minutes to an hour goes by, uh, the blood pressure still has not dropped. And uh, the doctor comes in and she said, well, we believe you had a heart attack uh, and we are expecting another one. I'm like, well, what do you mean? She's like, well, but you're really calm. Everything is going to be okay. So then they had me sign a bunch of papers to which I didn't really have a choice. And the next thing I know that I'm on this stretcher uh, being uh, pushed into ICU. And all what I remember was that the, the tube lights in the hallway, uh, they were bright and they started dimming, 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 and it was dark, it was pitch dark. And uh, four minutes and 19 seconds later, I wake up with a bunch of doctors and surgeons and uh, nurses around me laying on the table. I mean, what? The, I, I, it's it's difficult to even comment on it because it's such a it's such a it's such an incredible story, um, and you know to think that um, it's it's not like the story about someone else. It's the story that you're telling about something that happened to you and not something that happened to you 20 years ago or 30 years ago. It's something that happened to you four years ago. Um, it's 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 really crazy to even hear it. So you know you 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 wake up. You're in. 
you know, I guess, I don't know what they call it, the OR or whatever. I see you. I see you. Right. Yeah. So you have, uh, do you have tubes coming out of you? Do you, I mean, are you, are you uh, intubated? Is that a thing? I'm not even sure what question. Yeah, I was sprained and I had plenty of tubes coming out of me. Could you communicate? Well, my first reaction was, what the heck is this? Right. And uh, I remember the doctor, Michael Jen, he said, welcome back. You're a lucky man. And those were the only words that I remember. Oh my God. To which my reply was, I hope you know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So, so that, that's when you found out. So when you said, welcome back, that was the first inkling you had that you were actually like, you, you make reference to this at times in the podcast. And I'm not sure the, the, the listeners really pick up on, you know, what, what you're referring to when you say you flatlined. And I know that, you know, when we met, Originally, we met on like the conference speaking circuit, and this is like the 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 topic that um, you you talk about most regularly is you talk about the fact that you know you flatlined for this significant period of time. When you say flatlined, you actually mean you were non-responsive, like you were you were not you were not the definition of what is alive. Um, you were you were gone. Yeah, absolutely dead on arrival, my friend. Um, for how long? Four minutes and 19 seconds. Four I minutes. I think that should be my license seconds. plate. 419. Right. 419. Um, and um, that should be your new birthday. It should be April 19th. The um, So you come back. I mean, how, how do you come to terms with something like that? Like, do, do, does it does it hit you at that time? Like, I can't like I can't believe this happened to me. Or is the focus like, all right, well, you know, whatever this guy is saying now, let's let, let me get out of, you know, the ICU and let me get out of the hospital. And where am I? Where, where where's my family? What goes well, through your mind? The, the, the first thing, I mean, actually, it's still, I get tingles, like, when I think about it. And, I, you know, the statement, welcome back, you're a lucky man. Uh, I mean, when, when Dr. Jen said that, I mean, that shook me. That really, really did shake me a lot. To which I started thinking, what have I been doing? What am I doing it for? Um, I need to get myself out of the rat race. So my first in- instinct was, wasn't defensive. You know, I knew that it wasn't because of what I ate or the fact that I might have been a little bit unhealthy. It was because of the lifestyle and choices that I've made in my life. So you think it was, and, stre- it was, it was stress-induced. It, 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 is that it? Well, that was a major part of it. So over the last four years, I've been thinking and trying to figure out the root cause of it. Now, medical science is going to say it's genetics or it's what you eat and your habits and whatnot. But at the end of the day, what I've actually started to realize is that it's really self-induced. It's the situations that you put yourself into. One of the things that actually really has stuck with me is the fact that when I was a young man, I used to have a voice. I mean, I could think of something that was probably totally against the, the conventional thinking, but I would chase it and I would accomplish it and probably turn out really good. But as I entered my corporate life, I started losing that voice. I started becoming a follower, even though I was in a leadership capacity, but I was following the process that was predefined, the expectations that were preset or whatever else, right? And I lost that voice. And that basically ended up erupting like Mauna Kea, a volcano. It was really, in my belief, it was the lifestyle, the choices, the fact that I was extremely reserved and conservative, the fact that I was, even though I was outspoken, but it was really you know, more on the reserve side, I wouldn't really speak my mind. I would uh, let it sit on my heart. And that, that caused it all. And that's my belief. Now, granted, the, the corner office comes with some, you know, disadvantages as well. 
besides the stress level, it's the, the, the whining and dining and late hours of eating, the, the eating unhealthy part, and that had to change as well. So, but again, that was just a lifestyle. It's kind of like one of those things, how we grew up in corporate America is the fact that you've got to go out and entertain and wine and dine. It's an expectation, right? I mean, it's just there, you know, it's, it, that's, you know, you have to, if you're going to be a, a, a member of the, the corporate elite, you know, you need to participate in all of this and uh, all of these activities. Exactly. Um, the 7,000 calorie meals and the, and the drinking and, you know, they, you know, it's uh, it's, it's like a fraternity. Exactly. I mean, do you want to be a sore thumb? Back then, I didn't want to be. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things. I think we have actually covered a part of it uh, in our previous podcast as well, like being a man of color or being a female or whatever the case might be. You try to do these things to become a part of the culture. To You want to be associated with it, right? You don't want to be the, the sore thumb sticking out. But then I've learned now that, hey, you know what? I actually became a vegetarian fell through that process for, for about three and a half years. I'm very healthy now. Uh, I mean, I, I do eat meat as well now, but the, the fact of the matter is that uh, I made some significant changes. And if I stood out like a sore thumb, it was acceptable to me. I could care less about what others think. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, you know, it's something that um, we've tried to uh, reinforce. And certainly you have through through your questioning and and and, and several of the guests is, you know, uh, the idea of of embracing your uniqueness. Um, and not trying to, to be someone that you're not and not trying to fit into what you think other people's views of yourself should be. Um, and embracing not just your differences, but also, you know, not being scared to, you know, be embarrassed by, by suggesting there's something you don't know or, or thinking that everybody else is smarter. Because at the end of the day, it's those differences that uncover like the, the greatest uh, successes you'll, you'll, you'll ever have. Um, I know in, uh, in my career, I've seen like any question, even, even the dumbest or the, or the seemingly dumbest questions uncover, you know, the way people think about a particular area that changes, if not a particular application or a particular solution, the way you describe it so that it makes the most sense to, uh, to everyone else. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of weird to, to try to put those two things together, but but um, it's, uh, it, you know, it's just, it's such an amazing story uh, and, and such an amazing, you know, kind of outcome out of all of it. You know, there, there are certain people with certain personalities that would have gone through what you went through and completely like internalized it or felt sorry for themselves or, you know, returned to, you know, the comfort of the corporate position because yes, there are negative elements to it, but there are also some perks to it. I'm sure it came with, you know, significant financial benefit um, and a lifestyle that, you know, was something that you grew accustomed to. And I think a lot of the reason people stay, if not the only reason people stay in those types of environments is because, you know, there's a fear of change. Um, and here's my son. I'm done with school. You're done with school. That's great. Okay. I'm not done yet. I'm bored. I don't care. You have to just go. I'm in the middle of something. What can I do? Just go watch TV. Fine. Go. What else can I do? That's it. That's all you can do. Go watch TV. Uh, don't edit that out. This is the new reality that we live in, um, where there is no escaping. The emperors have no clothes. Um, so, you know, I, and I think that um, you taking the experience that you had and and recognizing that um, you need to make those changes and, and being afraid to make those changes is literally bad for your health is just it, it's it's the most adult, the most uh, amazing possible outcome. 
Um, and, and I think that type of self-awareness is what is missing from, from a lot of folks and, and at least the, the, the fear of being that self-aware. You know, it takes courage. It, took, it takes courage to make those types of changes. Yeah, I think the society bestows this on us, right? So one of the things that I fought against was the fact that I've got to learn that what others believe or what society tells me is my weakness is potentially my strength. For instance, accent. That's a strength. It's not a weakness, but our society tells you that's weakness. I can that's- tell you. I can tell you that having an accent from from Brooklyn is a sign of strength. <laughs> well, anything out of Brooklyn is a sign of strength. <laughs> you survive. I'm not actually, sure. Sign I'm not actually sure I have it, but uh, <laughs> yes, I think the. Um, I think in general it's true, um, but it, again, it depends who you. Uh, it depends who you talk to. I assume that there are plenty of people that tell you that you know the accent, your your accent is exotic and it just makes you sound you know so intelligent because you have you know a little bit of British and a little bit of all, you know all those things. Whereas I just sound like I should be a, a plumber. But it's the norm, right? I mean uh, that that's taken for granted. So for, yeah. for 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 how you speak, it's the normal. What are you and, talking about? Exactly. You fit in just fine. I stand ah. out. So, it, it, you know, not all five fingers are the same. They all serve a different purpose. And I think that's the core of it. That's the core of the message. Everybody serves a purpose and everybody's going to know their own worth and value. Absolutely. Words to live by. Uh, you get out of the hospital, um, obviously. Um, and what's your first, is the first thing you do, um, quit your job? You just make a call, send an email, do whatever it is people do? What, what, what uh, well, then? I mean, we had a very, we had a very nice exit. We talked through this. Basically, it was within a week's time frame that I decided it was time for me to part ways and uh, decided to relocate. Uh, it was time for a change, and they were understanding. So you moved from San Francisco to the the sunny beaches of uh, of Hawaii. Exactly. Yeah. So had done it in the past. Lived in Hawaii previously, but sometimes kick myself in the butt that that was that that was an opportunity I, I let go because I was chasing the rat race. I wanted to be a part of that rat race. I I felt that that high rush of that you know chasing something was exciting. But then, personally speaking. There were monetary goals. There was like all monetary. I was chasing, I was really chasing money, uh, not happiness. And this opportunity, it's the other way. I want to give back. I want to, I want to change my happiness. I, I want to be just generally be happy and help people. And uh, fortunately, the, the outcome is actually much better than what I was doing before. So the direction that I had before, even though it was okay, I was working harder to achieve the goals than today. Now, when I wake up, it's kind of interesting. Somebody asked me this question the other day. Do you work more or less or about the same? I think I work a little more now, but at the end of the day, it's inspirational. It's uh, uh, motivational. It's exciting. Uh, it gets my juices flowing. It's very stimulating, the, the work that I do. Before I'd become another paper pusher, um, before I was just you know, taking something from one place and pushing it in another spot. Uh, whereas now I've got an opportunity to be disruptive and question, uh, be that annoying kid in school that always asks the question, why? And I kind of figured it out the hard way that that's just me. I want to be the one that asks the question, why? Because that's how I'm going to educate myself. That's how I'm going to evolve. That's how probably I'm going to bring value to what I'm doing with people that I've surrounded myself with. Yeah, I mean, I think the um, the the one thing that we've tried to uh, bring forward, and I think we have done successfully throughout all the podcasts, is this notion of 
uh, having to enjoy what you do because you you spend so much of your life working, even if you're just working nine to five. I mean, that's still, it's a significant part of, of, of your life that you spend not just working, but being around even now, you know, in COVID times when, you know, we're not going into the office, the people that you work with, I mean, they're, you're spending as much time, if not more time with them than you are with your own family. So not enjoying what you do, not enjoying or embracing the people you work for or the, or the company that, 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 that you work with or for is it, it, it has significant, you know, it takes a significant emotional toll on, you know, people that are uh, not in an environment that, that they enjoy. And I think a lot of people just put that to the side because they look at work as something that you do in order to accomplish, you know, an ends to accomplish a means. And that means is to, is to make money. So there, and, and, and look, everybody needs money to live. And I don't think, I think we are in a unique position where, you know, we have the ability to kind of follow our, our dreams and, 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 and do what we love because of where we are. I think part of it has to do with us being in an industry that is, you know, unique uh, in and of itself. And there just aren't that many people that, 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 that know our industry that well, because it's so young. So, you know, we have the ability to, to kind of carve our own paths in a way that if you wanted to be a banker or a lawyer, or, you know, some other um, industry vertical, um, you know, you, you wouldn't necessarily have the flexibility that, that, that we have in our industry. Um, And, uh, if you can, it, it's it's about achieving that balance, though that balance of ambition and enjoyment, where you don't have to you know sh- uh, strip out ambition. I mean, everyone should have goals and be able to achieve them, but you shouldn't have to make yourself miserable in order to achieve them. And you should have the self awareness and the ability to determine whether you're enjoying your life or not. And if you have a significant period, and that, that doesn't mean every second of the day, you need to walk around with a huge smile on your face. Although I don't know if anybody's seen Nabil's picture. He does walk around with a huge, unbelievably, I think he's got more teeth than most people smile on his face. But again, he lives in Kona, Hawaii. I get it. Um, but you know, there should be uh, a, a sense that you are proud of what your mission is um, and that you're driving towards something, you're accomplishing something that you can, you can be proud of. And if you're not, then you should make that change in order to achieve that level of, um, I'll use a, a, a Nabil term, that level of Zen. You know, the, the fact of the matter is this experience that you went through, as scary as it was, it, 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 is, it was so important. You know, if you didn't go through it, if you didn't go through the flatlining and and, and all that, and you you probably would not have have changed. Certainly not on the timeline that you did, changed the path and found the happiness that you ended up finding. So it was your body kind of telling you that you make this change, or we're done. And mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, not not everybody gets that that opportunity. And I know it's kind of difficult to look at what you went through and think of it as you know potentially a benefit. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it's amazing what your body told you about, you know, the person you were becoming or, or what you were doing and, 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 and how that, uh, um, how that shook out. Yeah, I think you you nailed it on the head. We kind of get uh, stuck in in the ways that we've actually been brought up, we get stuck in the comfort zone, by definitions, because we've got to pay the bills. Uh, that that's the biggest fear that all of us have. Uh, but if you believe in yourself, you can do anything that you put your heart to. 
that's that's what I've learned, and I've learned it the hard way. I've always wanted to do what I do today in the past, but I was always afraid of doing it because of the risk factors associated with it. Now, granted, I could have done it earlier. Would I have been the right thing? Potentially, yes. But I learned it the hard way. I wasn't that smart. I, I still believe that you've got to develop that passion. You've got to believe in yourself. You've got to identify what your weaknesses are and build on those weaknesses and convert them into strength. It's an incredible story. The one thing that I don't think we touched on that 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 I, I'd love to touch, how you got to the point, because we do ask all of our guests about this, but how does somebody grow up where you grow up, where 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 you were born? You are a man of the world. Um, I count like six or seven nationalities just in your hair. How does one, um, like where, where, how did you get to the point where you were a CIO? Uh, long journey. So, you know, growing up, of course, with a Middle Eastern background. Uh, my mom wanted me to be a doctor. My dad wanted me to be a businessman. I actually didn't really want to do anything with that. I wanted to play sports and I was good at it. Anyhow, long or short, multiple learning experiences um, whereby I broke my lower back. I was in bed for, and, and my left leg uh, was broken with multiple fractures. I was in bed for nine months. So I couldn't run anymore. Couldn't, couldn't exert as I used to. Uh, so that was the first disappointment in my life. And uh, I decided that I needed to do something different uh, and do it at my, on my terms. Uh, moved to the United States about the plus odd years ago. Uh, ended up uh, just having a conversation with folks at uh, a coffee shop. I got involved in the software aspect of the business, uh, which was back then, potentially still is way ahead of its time. We were doing retina scanning and biometrics uh, in the late 90s when nobody was even thinking about it as a security layer. Throughout uh, you know, my career, I've had the opportunity to move back and forth. For personal reasons, I was doing good in the software industry. By the way, if anybody wants to get in the software industry, it's really like working in Hollywood. It's a very cutthroat industry, but it's a very exciting industry. So if, if you get to your break, you can do really well. Got involved in the hardware side of the business, started designing building data centers, and uh, was traveling the world quite a bit, about 250,000 miles a year. And playing golf one day, telling the story to one of my friends that actually whose company I ended up working for, that I woke up in a hotel room in Peru, not knowing which country, which time zone, which hotel I was in. <laughs> and that was the most bizarre feeling ever. So he's like, hey, why don't you just leave your job and come work for me and work on a project? Let's see how it goes. So I started working for a project and uh, ended up becoming a CIO for this company. Yeah. Had the opportunity through my career to touch pretty much every element within information technology, whether it be the software layer, the application layer, uh, the physical layer, as it entails the data centers or the design build layer. So I've been very, very fortunate to transition into multiple areas. And uh, that's really where the value for him was or for anybody else that I'm working with today that I can talk to talk, whether it be designing an application interface or it be designing physical layer or designing uh, the data center. You know, we we have this word in in uh, in in my world where you know we call we call the people that that work with us Internet Renaissance men because yeah. you know they're not beholden to a particular. Uh, there's not just one area that they work in. You know, they're, they're, they might have to work with HVAC. They might have to work with you know uh, uh, fuel. They might have to work with electricity, or they might have to work on an application or a server, or or whatever. So you are in the truest world word and internet renaissance men and how much of the um the timing of when you 
happen to break your back and you happen to move to the United States. And it just happened to be at the time that, you know, we were, um, you were sitting at that coffee shop and, uh, and, you know, the, the, our industry, uh, as maybe not as it is today, just, you know, they just happened to be at the right time, right place, right time, right person, uh, right broken back, I guess. Uh, is it, are you a destiny believer or, or do you think, uh, you just got lucky? What's the, uh, how did, how, how did that happen? There, there's a part of it being luck. And over the years, I've learned this thing. The harder I try to get into something, the difficult it gets. Whereby you've got to just give it time and opportunity. You just got to let it go and it's going to happen on its own at times. Granted, you have the right goals. Yeah, I mean, what a what a what a crazy, uh, amazing story. I'm going to put you on the spot again. What what are, if you had to find like, you know, two or three threads uh, like storyline or something that came out of a podcast or a soundbite that you thought spoke to the mission, spoke to, you know, what we're trying to get to resonate with our audience. You know, what, what, what do you, what do you think that would be? All right. So in no specific order, I think Braun, for instance, our friend uh, from the Australian Bush is actually a very inspirational story because he literally came from nothing in the middle of nowhere. From so, the bush. From the bush, yeah. So it's 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 a very inspirational story to share with our listeners. Uh, then I would say, you know, the Smith brothers. That was actually quite uh, inspiring as well. I mean, what perfect timing, right? Musicians to being entrepreneurs and in the data center industry, and with a very nice exit early part of this year. Don't remind me that one still that one still stings. <laughs> <laughs> then I would say, actually, I did really enjoy uh, Christian Court from him pulling cables to now being a, a thought leadership in, in tech and networking. Uh, Mark Thiele, of course, I mean, he's, you know, besides just him being a good friend, he's actually kind of like somebody that I've always looked up to as a mentor as well. From his upbringing in Hawaii and what he experienced and you know, how successful he has been. Yeah, those, those were the top three or four. Uh, but then again, you know, I want to make sure that all the others, they're all good friends. They've got all great stories. Those are three or four that have actually kind of stuck with me. The common thread across those three is that they didn't fear reinventing themselves. Like Mark, at, at you know, he's not the oldest man in the world, but he's not a spring chicken either. Completely reinvented himself. You know, Zach and, and, and Jacob, forget about the reinventing themselves from the musician to to you know working in the the world of web hosting and, and managed services but not being afraid to kind of exit those businesses and rethink it and start and and start thinking about it again anew and and restarting those things braun i mean my god if you ever had to look at you know a person who just kind of went through the world to the beat of his own drummer um and he just like he just matter of factly fell into these positions just by sheer you know it's not even force of will. It was just like, it, you want to think it's dumb luck, but it's just like being open to um, to taking on any kind of, of unique opportunity. You go from the bush to moving to, to, to you, know, you know, more, let's say, urban Australia to saying, you know what, I'll take this job in New Jersey. Fine. And then he comes to New Jersey and then, you know, somebody looks at his resume back in Australia. He's like, okay, I'll move back to Australia. And then he moves to Norway and then he moves back to, I mean, it is an incredible story of where if you open yourself up, if you don't 
focus entirely on, you know, fear of failure, or as Nabil likes to say, first attempt in learning. See, I listen. Then, you know, the world is essentially your oyster. And I think that's the, that's the thread across all of them is like none of the, the people we've had on the podcast, because we try to invite people on that are, are thought leaders in our space are governed by fear. Um, and I think, you know, I, there's a there's a movie that I love, an Albert Brooks movie called Defending Your Life, uh, which is, uh, I don't know if it was the 80s or the 90s, but it's an amazing movie. I think every one of our listeners should uh, should, should watch it. But it basically is like, it's, it's based on the story that, you know, after you die, you go to uh, this kind of intermediary place. Uh, it's not heaven. It's like one of these places where your life is judged and and they take pieces of your life uh, and, and they judge whether you made decisions based on fear or um, or not. And if you if you if they judge you to be fearful, then you have to go back and try to live a better life. And you get to move forward if your life was spent not fearing. But it's this concept of fear. And that is not a particular thing that you learn in college. It's not a particular thing um, that that you memorize. It is a mentality that makes it so that you can leave yourself open to new experiences and, and get out of your comfort zone. But it's the comfort zone that is to a certain extent, certainly in your case, potentially the most dangerous place to be. So if you're going to be afraid of anything, be afraid of the comfort zone. Uh, yeah, all the, all those guys have a, a similar story in some way, form, or shape. You've got to you've got to get out of that comfort zone. You've got to be able to be willing and able to take risks. My dad used to say one thing: <clears throat> if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Your dad uh, said it so much better, I'm sure. Uh, but I learned it the hard way. I mean, <laughs> it's it's one of those things that's just clicked. I mean, he used to tell me all the time: it's okay to risk, take risks. I mean, being a mathematician, you've got to be very calculated. Gotta, I mean, I, I had pretty much my entire life on a spreadsheet. And uh, now, I don't. I have let it go. I've uh, I've accepted the fact that this is something I don't have in control. So I should cherish every single second that I've been given an opportunity to live, and potentially contribute in some way, form, or shape, and make make that difference. So if we set up our priorities and set up our goals whereby it's not monetary, and you know, at the end of the day, I get it. Things got to be monetary because we got to pay the bills. But if the intentions are right, whereby you want to make a difference, you want to change the world for the betterment, you'll be okay. You'll be successful. Uh, I mean, what better words to end on than those? I, I, I think I, uh, what our audience should know is that they shouldn't wait until they have to break their backs and have a heart attack and flatline for four minutes to, 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 to learn this message. It's, it's uh, in, incredibly important. Uh, and one of the reasons why, you know, Nabil is the perfect person to, uh, to host this podcast with is because those life experiences that, that you had kind of gave you the perspective to try to bestow that knowledge on the younger generation. I mean, that's what we're trying to do here, right? Is to try to uh, allow them not to, I don't want to say mistakes. You wouldn't be you without those things that that happened to you, right? All of our guests wouldn't be them without making the mistakes. So I, I don't necessarily want to prevent people from making mistakes because that's what shapes who they are. But to the extent that they can learn, one of the questions we ask on every podcast is, you know, if you could go back to your younger self 
and 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 do something differently or tell yourself something, you know. And I think a hundred percent of them don't go back to themselves and say, you know, you know, don't 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 bet on that stock or don't sell this company or you know, don't work at that place. It's just to trust your instincts, to trust yourself, and to again not operate on fear. Just take the plunge, especially when you're young. If you're not going to do it now. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 only going to get more and more difficult. So just do right. it. Just do it. I think Nike was right all along. Just do it. Yeah, it's okay to make mistakes as long as you're willing to learn from those mistakes and don't repeat them. It's the definition of insanity. This has been great. Nothing lasts forever. Markets will come back. Currencies will rebound. Businesses will go on, and we'll all move on. That could happen next week, next month, or next year. I'm confident that those who prepare rather than panic will come out of this stronger. Thank you for joining us. This has been brought to you by Nomad Futurist. Check us online at nomadfuturist.com.